What's going on, guys? It's me, Stephen Bagel, aka the NB Eagle, your mom's favorite podcast. With me today is yours truly, Alexa Kaiser, back by popular demand. Hi, guys. I hope you missed me. And today we're doing a special outside edition podcast on our balcony because it's actually decent weather in Pennsylvania right now. It's like 70 degrees. Ella's here too because I'm sure she'll talk. Okay, so today what we wanted to do, we saw the trade deadline come and went. Woj actually tweeted saying it was the most um, traded players in the NBA trade deadline ever. So we knew it was going to be a busy deadline. As I said in the mock trade deadline, it was mostly a buyer's market. So it is maybe a little surprising that that many trades actually came to fruition. But the mock trade deadline was pretty accurate. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to get the majority of stuff right because I'm projecting a player to one team and one specific trade. And those 450 players in the league and 29 other teams that you know, could go after that guy. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll get into that as we go through. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Lillard down. Down. And the Blazers win the series. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang. It's over. The Bulls. Curry. Way down to. Bang. Bang. Oh, what a shot from Curry. James catches. Puts up the three. I'm going to back up a little bit for a few trades that happens, not at the deadline, but beforehand. Let's talk about the Miami Heat acquiring Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza, I thought, was a prime buyout candidate. I'm surprised OKC got any sort of value for him, but they were able to get a 2027 Miami Heat first. Of course they were. And as a result, they were able to get away from Miles Leonard, who just got waived by OKC, and that might be the last year we'll see a Miles Leonard in the NBA after his comments a few weeks ago. He is now and forever banned from the NBA Go podcast, so if you're listening, sucks. You can't come on here ever. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks acquired, <laughs> acquired P.J. Tucker, but as a result... They had to trade for salary matching purposes, DJ Augustine. And then they each swapped a first round pick. Basically, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. The Bucks now don't really have a backup point guard now that DJ Augustine was traded. So, yeah, they got PJ Tucker for the closing lineups where they can, you know, switch with Giannis and PJ Tucker and Middleton and DiVincenzo, but, and obviously Drew Holiday. But unless you're going to stagger Drew Holiday and play Giannis and Middleton at some point, God, I just don't see they need another ball handler, and they didn't accomplish that at the deadline. And I don't know how many ball handlers. My prediction on the mock trade deadline was that Jeff T was going to get waived, which he did as a result of him being traded to the Orlando Magic. And I had Jeff T going to the Milwaukee Bucks to reunite with Budenholzer. So that is still actually on the table now. 
So let's see if that comes to fruition. We started the trade deadline day off at around 9.30 in the morning when it was announced that JaVale McGee was going to be traded back to the Denver Nuggets, where he was traded at the 2012 trade deadline. So let's see. The Cleveland Cavaliers got Isaiah Hardenstein, a protected 2023 seconds, and a 2027 unprotected seconds. So they got essentially one second rounder, maybe a second for JaVale McGee. I think that's pretty solid value. I think so, too. So the Nuggets, they really, they've lacked that Mason Plumley backup center yeah. that they lost this summer. Well, we said that before, too, that that's something they needed to replace. The Denver Nuggets also lost Jeremy Grant this offseason, mm -hmm. and they finally looks like they found his replacements with Aaron Gordon. Love that. It, so excited to watch him play there. It was at the expense of Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 first rounder. So what do we think? Was this enough for Aaron Gordon? Or RJ Hampton, we know, was just drafted in the first round. He was a borderline lottery pick, or projected to be, and fell a little bit in the first round, still was a first round pick. A 2025 first rounder. Is it theirs? The Nuggets, yeah. Is the Nuggets first rounder. Mm -hmm. And then... Gary Harris, who has become one of the worst contracts in the NBA, given the fact that he never plays, and he's making $20 million this year and $20 million next year. I think year. they could have gotten more for him. I think just taking Harris's contract alone is worth the first, and then Aaron Gordon himself is worth the first. So I think they kind of undersold. They must be high on RJ Hampton. But... I don't know. There was speculation that the Celtics offered multiple, multiple first-round picks for Aaron Gordon. So I just I just don't think this was enough for him. So good on the Denver Nuggets for extracting that value. Mm -hmm. But I just don't see it as enough. Not only there. Now, the first big domino to fall was a little bit after the JaVale McGee trade happened. Woj tweeted saying... The Magic are listening on office for Nikola Vucevic, but it's going to take a Drew Holiday-type package in order to get him. Drew Holiday went for three, fir <laughs> three first-rounders, two second-rounders. He tweeted it. I missed, like, that whole day. So that entire day, I was at work, and it was, like, we were yesterday it was. We were so swamped at work that I didn't check my phone. I looked down at my phone, and I kid you not, I had, like, at least 50 messages from you, Steven. And I just, like, didn't get to see. So then on my lunch break, Stephen told me, like, every single trade because I didn't eat lunch till after three. So it was very exciting to get everything at once. So Woj tweeted saying it's going to be take a Drew Holiday type package. And then within 10 minutes, he then tweeted again saying Nikola Vucevic has been traded to the Chicago Bulls. So the package is Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Camino. For Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, a 2021 first and 2023 first, both top four protected. So if it completely bottoms out this year for the Chicago Bulls or if it bottoms out in 2023, they have some protection on the pick, a top four pick. But So it wasn't a Drew Holiday package, no. but I still have a lot of hope for Wendell Carter. I still think he could be a top seven big man in the NBA. It, he looks good. When we played against them, didn't Embiid drop? Was that the night Embiid dropped, dropped 50? 50 yeah. <laughs> so, okay. But I, but I feel like he looked like his potential 
playing against Embiid, like he looked good. Like I feel like there's a lot of potential and like there's players that are like all-stars that play against Embiid and look like shit. So for him to be I like he looked like he could stand his ground a little bit, although Embiid dropped fifty. <laughs> well, I've been saying for years that the Orlando Magic needed to do this. Yeah. They were bad. And then they got the seven seed in the playoffs back to back years. So it was like, okay, cool. We tanked, we did whatever, we rebuilt. Now let's get back to the playoffs. They got back to the playoffs back to back years, lost both series, I believe, in five back to back years in the first round. So it was like, where was the team going? Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are both coming off 20 ACLs. Those are the two big building blocks. So it was just, it was time for them to do this and okay. really embrace the rebuild because they haven't done that in a long time. Even when they traded Dwight Howard, they didn't fully embrace the rebuild. So, yeah, they traded Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier, who are the three best players, got a decent amount of picks for them, got a, a young, potentially great center in Wendell Carter, who could be the third building block with Marco Force and Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. And Orlando, I like them more now than I liked them before all the trades. Yeah, I agree. So, um... The question is, how good does Nikola Vucevic make the Chicago Bulls? Now the Bulls have two Eastern Conference All-Stars, Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine. But I feel like Vucevic and Zach Levine are going to play so well next to each other. So I don't even think it's like say like answering your question, like how good is he? Like they're going to fit so well next to each other. But how much better is he going to make the team this year? But what are they? Maybe now the sixth best team in the East. They're not better than Sixers, Bucks, and Nets, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I know the Heat and Celtics are both struggling, but on paper, they're not nearly no. as good as either of those two teams either. So at best, you figure, okay, they're probably better than the Knicks now. But they have. They're better than the Hornets without Lamelo. They also have a lot of young guys on the team, so you need to see how they adapt to having someone like Vucevic on the team. Now. Well, Lori Markkinen's playing for a massive contract that some of that is not going to get. There was Woj also tweeted after they received Vucevic in the trade saying, Bulls aren't done. They're in talks to acquire Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans as well. Mm -hmm. So everyone said, okay, all of a sudden you have Zach Levine, Vucevic, and Lonzo. That's a team. That's a team. But, and the speculation was Larry Markkinen was going to go to the Pelicans. You put a shooting big man next mm -hmm. to Zion, and it's a good fit for both teams. Mm -hmm. It ended up not coming to fruition, and Larry Markkinen still is in Chicago. Which I don't really understand why that didn't happen because I really – do you have any insider information as to why it didn't or what do you think? Because I just think that trade would have been perfect for both teams. Maybe the Pelicans just – because there's no way the Pelicans with what the Pink Steven abs now but so are going to be able to re-sign both Lonzo Ball and Josh Hall this summer despite being just fit. Yeah. But they're both going to get two big ball for sheets. Maybe they didn't. Maybe so they don't like what Larry I'm, Markkinen. What I'm thinking is they know Lonzo as a point guard is going to get a bigger market than Larry Markin in the summer, mm -hmm. and they have a better shot of signing Oops. and trading Lonzo than they do of Larry Markkinen. So okay. unless they were committed to re-signing Larry Markkinen, which I, apparently they weren't, otherwise the trade would have happened, mm -hmm. that's my speculation of the situation. Unless they're just not that high on Larry Markkinen. The Bulls did tie up. They were supposed to have a pretty significant um, – cap sheet this summer, they were supposed, uh, it's not significant, they were supposed to have 15 million cap space. 
They now have Al Farouk Aminu getting paid $10 million next year, and Vucevic is $24 million on the books. Oh, so yeah. that evaporates. They traded Otto Porter's $28 million expiring contract to take on. So now the Bulls are out of the um, salary, the you know, the free agent game. So this is a team. They're locked into it. Zach Levine's not going to be traded unless this really goes sour, but I can't, I like imagine, I can't imagine it going too badly. So the, I like it. the Bulls went from a rebuilding team to a contending team with one trade. I really like that team. So that's a nice haul for Orlando. As I said, a 2021 first, 2023 first, and Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to flip out of Porter. I still was don't big. love the Magic. Okay. Just their pieces that they have as their building blocks. Like, you're supposed to have building blocks that build your team so you can win. And I just don't think the pieces that they have are going to get them there. Well, I'm not a big Marco Fultz guy, all you guys are aware of. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Um, I do like Wendell Carter. I do like Jonathan Isaac. I just don't know if they are the building blocks. Yes, I think they're building blocks. I, mean. yeah. I think all three are building blocks, but I don't think any of them are a building block. Yes, that's exactly so what I mean. So what they need to do is, one of these Bulls picks, imagine the Bulls are going to be pretty good. These Bulls picks aren't going to hit top value. Mm-hmm. Orlando, I think, right now has the fourth worst record in the NBA. So you need to hope that you get a lot of lottery lock. Get... There's, yeah. there's five good guys in this year's draft. You get top five pick, you're in good shape, and you could get that building block that you need. That's what they need. They need but if they star. get if they get the number one pick and get Kate Cunningham, then all of a sudden you're in business. Yeah. So That's exactly what I was trying to say. So if they get a Kate Cunningham type guy to play alongside Marco Fultz and alongside Jonathan Isaac, then all of a sudden the Magic's rebuild. All of a sudden, you know, and Kate Cunningham is the type of generational talent that you can do that for any rebuilding team. If the Detroit Pistons get them, the rebuild goes from bleak to phenomenal with one lottery ball. That's all it really takes. We saw that with the Pelicans. They traded Anthony Davis, and everyone thought they were going to be in for a long rebuild, and they were able to get Zion. The Grizzlies, same thing. They got Jones Action Jr. and John Morantz. Okay. The next trade that happened was... Nemanja Bialica, enemy of the process, who I had him as my third best target for the Philadelphia 76ers. I had him good in the Sixers in the mock trade deadline. He goes to the Miami Heat for Mo Hawkins and Chris Silver. So while Chris Silver could be a potentially nice, young, decent asset, I'm kind of surprised that Trevor Ariza went for a second rounder, but Bialica didn't. Uh-huh. So Bielitsa, they didn't even get any value for. They got a potentially okay guy in Chris Silva, and Mo Hawkins was just a salary match. So I'm surprised. Like, no team offered a second round. Did they really value Chris Silva that much that they valued him more than any second round pick? Because I guarantee you there was an offer for Bezlika for a second rounder. Yeah. And they took an offer without them, without any pick in it. So they must value Chris Silva who was an undrafted rookie, signed a two-way, then got a standard deal with the Heat, who's looked decent when he's played. Yeah. But it's also the Kings. I know it's new ownership, though, but the Kings always fuck it up. I don't know. I'm just surprised Trevor Ariza was able to fetch a second, but Bielitsa wasn't. But that shows the value of wings in today's NBA, how valuable yeah. wings are in today's NBA, even though Trevor Ariza's 37 years old. That's ridiculous, though. Okay, the Denver and Orlando deal we already talked about with Aaron Gordon going to the Denver Nuggets. Yes. 
I wonder what Denver's going to do now, though. Do they just start bringing Paul Millsap off the bench? I mean, he's 35 years old, but, like, he's not exactly a bench player either. They're going to have to. Yeah. Because they have Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, and Aaron Gordon. Oh, that team's so And good. then they have Paul Millsap, and they have Monte Morris, who might be the best back point That team's league. so exciting. You know, I said it before on the podcast, I don't love Jokic, Jokic, whatever. Don't love him. I respect his game. But that's I love that team. I really think that's such an exciting team. They needed that Jeremy Grant element, that switchable defender yeah. that could the defend the LeBron Jameses in the seven game series and the Kawhi Leonard's in the seven game series. They need to hope Aaron Gordon's that guy because Michael Porter Jr. is not. But I think Aaron Gordon can be. I just think he was kind of trapped on the magic. Yeah, I mean he's athletic enough to keep up with them defensively. That's not the issue. We everyone knows his athleticism. But I think that like his I mean, we know he's got, yeah. Like, I just think his potential is really going to show on the Nuggets. So the Denver Nuggets are the what best team in the in the Western Conference now? <laughs> are they back to third like they were last year? Or is Utah still better than them? They're tied with Portland. Uh, Phoenix have, has a third shepherd in the league. Better than. You have to. Okay, what about Phoenix? Not on paper. But Phoenix has a Chris Paul element. The Phoenix Suns, as I refer to them as the dumb fucking Suns, have the third best record in the NBA right now. And they'll just two seed in the West. And we didn't even get here yet. The Portland Trailblazers just got Norman Powell. Yeah. So that's the top six. And the Lakers are gonna end up as a, as at least you a six or seven put seed. Them maybe in the same line together, you guys, to see how they fit. That West is gonna be a bloodbath. The top of the East is good, but the West one through six is oh, a bloodbath. I'm so excited to watch the playoffs. And the Lakers might end up in the playing tournaments. Because they're only, I think, four and a half games up on the seven seed right now. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis are both expected to miss at least another month. Yeah, they're not so, winning without them. So there's a realistic shot. They just lost five in a row. They finally beat the Cavs last night. But it was a second five-game losing streak of the year without AD and LeBron. Um, yeah, the Lakers might realistically have to go in the playing tournament, beat the eight seed, or then if they lose that one, which I wouldn't imagine they would because of LeBron and AD back. But the Lakers might realistically end up as a 7 or 8 seed and have to play the Suns or the Jazz in the first I know round. I there was just an update, I think, last night was tweeted out about Anthony Davis. Have they sent anything about LeBron? LeBron, Shams tweeted the deadline day. His timetable is four to six weeks. And it's been about a week already. Yeah. So, and that sucks. So, it's they're like legitimately going to legitimately end up as a 7 or 8 seed. Yeah. Especially since they're in the Western Conference, too. Well, as I said, they only have four and a half games up on the seven year. Yeah. So. Okay. Danny Ainge, the most overhyped executive in NBA history. Oh, no. Traded two second round of seven Fournier. That's a good trade for them. I mean, that's a good trade for Orlando, I guess. So adding to the stockpile of picks yeah. to start the rebuild. Evan Fournier was on expiring contract. They weren't going to resign him anyway. Maybe they will offer to protect it first from somebody, and they just would rather go with the two seconds. But the two seconds they got for Fournier weren't that good. It was the Celtics' 2027 20, seconds. The Celtics are always pretty competitive, so figure that's a bottom 10 pick in the whole draft. You're picking in his 50s. And then the 2025 20, second they gave was, I think, the worst pick out of their own second in the Heat seconds. So that kind of surprises me. So they got they two shit seconds, better. yeah. Like it's. I think at that point, because the Celtics had the massive $28.5 million trade exception, which was the biggest trade exception ever, 
they just said, okay, we're getting off Fournier's money completely rather than salary matching and taking back another $17 million. Yeah. Let's instead just get off the money and take whatever picks we can get. Mm-hmm. So that way they just go to ownership. Yeah, we'll be building, but hey, we're saving you $17 million in paying a player. I'm still just surprised that they... I think that's what it came down to. Yeah. And then the Celtics, as a result, that put them in the luxury tax. So they looked long and hard and said, we're going to have to trade Daniel Tice to get out of luxury tax. Because the only way you should really pay the luxury tax is if you have a legitimate shot of winning the championship. And I guess the Celtics don't feel like they're there yet. They have a losing record still with over halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. So Evan Fournier, how do we like his fit with Boston? I mean, I'm assuming the closing lineup's going to be Kemba, Smart, the two Js, and Fournier, and they're going to play without a center. Yeah. They don't have a center now. They, they traded Tice, so they have Tristan Thompson, who hasn't been playing that well, and they have Time Lord, who was awesome last night in his start, but Time Lord gets in foul trouble like a lot. I don't like what they're doing with their team. I really don't. I don't think they're that good. But I don't want to play them as the eight seed in the first round either as a Sixers fan. No, I don't either. But I just don't know what they're doing with their team. Well, it's interesting because there was multiple reports that when Gordon Hayward was a free agent, instead of Charlotte, he wanted to go to Indiana because that's where he's from. Mm -hmm. And it was speculated that the Pacers offered Danny Ainge, okay, let's do sign and trade. We'll give you Miles Turner. We'll give you Miles Turner. And we will give you Doug McDermott. Done. He said no and took the trade exception instead to get Evan Fournier and give up two seconds. That's so dumb. So instead of getting Miles Turner, which they could have really utilized really well in that offense. Yes. And Miles Turner might win defensive player of the Miles year this Turner's year. Miles Turner is exactly what they're missing. So instead of getting Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, they instead got Evan Fournier at the expense of two second rounders. That's so dumb. There was also a lot of speculation that they were doing they were going to do Evan Turner and uh, Evan Turner, Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon for two first rounders, Aaron Neesmith and Marcus Smart. Yeah, I said from the beginning, there's no way in hell they trade Marcus Smart. They didn't. That's a and lot. It's a lot, but you're getting two good quality guys. And there was a rumor that they offered two first rounders and Neesmith for Vucevic. And they figure, oh, the Bulls picks are probably going to be better than the Celtics. This match would have been great there. Yeah, but it, it wasn't the Bulls yeah, off the I just feel like it's like they kind of just were like, we want to do something. Let's get Fournier. Like, Shopping. I, I don't know. I just Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge not pulling the trigger on a trade. That's what he's known for. He's known for almost getting a guy. He almost got AD. He almost got Kawhi. He almost got Paul George. Every single time, he almost gets the guy, never pulls the trigger on it. Doesn't offer We're turning enough. into that, too. I don't think it's that. I just think, I don't think it is either. <laughs> he got Kyrie Irving, which ended up backfiring in his face. But, I mean, they ended up not really giving that much. The, the most they gave up was that eighth pick in the draft that turned into Colin Sexton. Isaiah Thomas ended up never really being himself again. Yeah. They ended Jay Crowder, whatever. He's a guy. He's a good guy, but, like, he's a role player. Yeah. Like, role players are a dime a dozen. So, <laughs> to get two years of Kyrie Irving, I think that was still probably... Oh, yeah. They still got the better on the trade, even though Kyrie Irving left. No, you if you can get Kyrie, you do it. So, I might be doing for my next episode the top ranking 1 to 30 executives in the NBA. And I really don't know where to put Danny Ainge. Most people put him, like, top 5, top 6, top 7. 
I don't think he's that good. I know he drafted Jalen Brown. I know he drafted Jason Tatum from that great trade he made where he got all the Nets picks for an aging Paul and aging Kevin Garnett. But he doesn't draft well aside from that. I just he also doesn't... feel like the guys that he gets for his team, like the pieces Kemba, never fit. Gordon Hayward, yeah, like they get them. Well, Gordon Hayward, no one anticipated well, that. Was, that yeah, I mean, that was a freak thing. But I just feel like even besides that, like they get these pieces and I feel like all they look at is, okay, they're a star. Okay, I'll get them. And like, that's dumb. You're not building your team. Well, Gordon Hayward, he wanted to pair with Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens was his college coach. But like, yeah. but I And just Kemba, don't... who anticipated his knees, just completely deteriorating like this. But I don't feel like he looks at the bigger picture. I don't know. He's great at stockpiling picks, yeah. but the picks never amount to. I know Jason Brown, Jalen Tatum were the um Jason Brown. Everyone knows who I meant. Jalen <laughs> Brown and Tatum. Jason Tatum. I kind of like and, those names better than their real names. And Jalen Brown, it was shocking when they took him at three. No one, everyone thought they were going to take like a Dragon Bender or Chris Dunn, maybe even a Jamal Murray. They took Jalen Brown and, and everyone. Did. Yeah, Jason Tatum. It was between him and Josh Jackson at three. So okay, cool. You made the great pick. Hey, but like he did the pick. he did the great pick by saying, okay, Marco Fultz isn't at a number one and trading down. He knew, okay, Marco Fultz is a consensus number one. Let's trade down. I like Jason Tatum better. Yeah. So in that as- aspect, yeah, he did well. I like their picks from this year. But I don't know if Danny Ainge ain't it. I don't know if Brad Stevens ain't it. I don't know. But Brad the, Stevens is going to lose his job. But he, Brad Stevens is a good coach. Look at the team now. He took a team that lost Kyrie and Gordon Hayward for the year to the Eastern Conference Finals with a rookie, Jason Tatum, a second-year Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. Okay, and then look at and he year. took And they took the Cavs to seven games in that Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, but look at this year. Okay, so this year's the outlier. Something's up there. Next, the Portland Trailblazers get my man, Norman Powell, so who, cool. in my preseason prediction with my good friend Jake Epstein. I predicted Norman Powell to win sixth man of the year for the Toronto Raptors. It turns out he was just too good that they made him a starter, and he's averaging 19.7 points a game this year. So he just became too good to be a bench player. So in that aspect, I was right that, yeah, I said he was sixth man of the year because he was too good to be coming off the bench, but they just full-fledged made him a starter. Now here's a question. They gave up Rodney Hood to Matt Salary and Gary Trent Jr., Gary Trent Jr., clearly the Blazers weren't going to pay him what he wanted in restricted free agency this summer. Because if they were going to pay him, he was what? Wasn't he all second team in the bubble last year? I think so. I think he was. I remember and those teams were after kind of that, funny. After that, they didn't um, sign him to his extension. So it was weird. I was like, okay, they didn't sign him to extension. They were going to let him hit restricted free agency. This is why clearly they weren't too interested in resigning him at all mm-hmm. because they took a shot restricted free agency we know you can match for the guy so even if he gets a huge contract you can match and keep him norman powell meanwhile is in free agency and he's an unrestricted so they could lose him this summer so they'd rather take the shot on losing norman powell than the guarantee of having the opportunity to match gary trent jr mm-hmm. so how good is that team with Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Covington, and Nochek as a starting five? It's a damn good team that no one's talking about. But the question is, Norman Powell's a good defender. 
Is he going to – the issue with the Blazers is they don't have anybody who could defend the LeBrons, defend yeah. the Kawhis. Covington, everyone thought would be that guy. Covington isn't a good on-ball defender. Covington is a tenacious off-ball defender. Yeah. But on-ball, Covington can't take those defensive assignments of LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George. He can't do it. He's going to have to do Paul George because they have Kawhi and Paul George, so they're going to have to take somebody. But is Norman Powell that guy who's going to defend LeBron James in the seven-game series? That sounds ridiculous. He has to be. He's going to have to be, though. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe the Blazers got some assurances that Norman Powell is going to resign there. But, I mean, they're taking a risk. Trading Gary. Gary Trent Jr. is probably going to command, I'm guessing, four years, 52, 54 million, let's say. Is Gary Trent Jr. worth that? $54 million for four years. The Blazers clearly didn't think so. They traded him. It's a lot of money. Who else is making that much? I mean, I'm just basing that off of Joe Harris this summer got $72 million oh, wow. and Davis Platon's got like $60 million. So Sorry. I'm basing it. Shooters get paid like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like this trade for Portland, but there's a lot of risk in if Norpal walks. But sometimes you have to take that risk to be rewarded, and clearly they see a huge upside to taking it. The Raptors, meanwhile, are going to have a whole bunch of cap space. They they have um they don't have Norman Powell's cap hold on the books anymore, which they could have just announced anyway. But they also had Gary Trent Jr. They now have Gary Trent Jr., who's going to be a cap hold of like two and a half million dollars because he's a restricted free agent on a rookie on a second round pick rookie deal. So the Raptors are going to have a whole bunch of cap space if they if they cho- choose to not rebuild, then all of a sudden they're going to probably get a top ten pick in this year's draft. They have Gary Trent Jr. and they have a bunch of cap space. So the Raptors, Masayu Jerry, can all of a sudden go right back into things. Okay, the Houston Rockets yeah. gave up Victor Oladipo for basically nothing. What are they doing? I was saying I don't know what the Celtics are doing, but like, what are the Rockets doing? Well, we know they have a rookie GM in Raphael Stone who worked under Daryl Morey. I don't care though. I'm not a GM. I don't know what they They got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 swap. So basically, they have a swap that year from Brooklyn for the Harden trade. Brooklyn and Miami could swap. They could swap those picks. So if Miami ends up worse than Brooklyn in 2022, which is likely, then they get to move up a few picks. So let's say that's five picks. They move up five picks. So, I mean... Do they value moving up five picks in the first round more than a second-round pick? Apparently, they do. But Victor Oladipo, no one wanted to trade anything for him because they either knew, one, they wouldn't be able to re-sign him, so he'd be a rental, mm-hmm. or two, two, in the case of the Heat and the Knicks, they both just said, we could just sign him without cash space this summer. Why would we give up any assets for him? So the Heat basically got him for virtually free, and... Basically, what they did is they get a look at his medicals now and say, okay, how healthy is this guy? How healthy is he going to be going forward? Let's get our hands, our doctors on him, yeah. and now we can evaluate him before we sign him to a big max contract this summer. Yeah. So now they'll know if they want to do that or not. So how good does this make the heat? I don't think Oladipo's that good anymore. I think Norman Powell is significantly better than Victor Oladipo at this point. Yeah. I think that 
I would love for Oladipo to be good, but I just think he's unfortunately had some bad luck. And, yeah, I just don't think he has it anymore. Now, in the mock trade deadline, I had Oladipo to the Heat, so I hit that spot on. Okay, but, but that was like... I mean, I, I was banking on them not getting Kyle Lowry and getting Oladipo instead, which Woj tweeted at 305 after the trade deadline was already over. Victor Oladipo goes to Heat last minute because I guess... They got the word, okay, we're not getting Kyle Lowry. Okay, cool, let's pay to Oladipo real quick. So that's what happened. So, basically, when I saw they got Nemanja Bialica, I knew that meant that Kelly Olenek was on the move. Yeah. So they got Bialica. I said, okay, so Olenek's on the move. So that means they're either getting close to Kyle Lowry trade or getting close to Victor Oladipo trade. Yeah. So they got that stretch big elements. And, yeah, I said I want to rank the top or the 30 executives in basketball. I might have to put the Rockets last. They yes. Could, they could have had Chris LeVert and Jared Allen, and instead they got Victor Oladipo, who they traded away for nothing. I, yeah. So, I mean, I get the trepidation with Chris LeVert, given the fact that he was always hurt, and that was before they knew that he had the tumor mm -hmm. when they did the trade. But they could have had Jared Allen and Chris LeVert, who they could have flipped for yeah. significantly more. Which is what they should have done. So that James Harden trade, I know they still got, in total, four first-rounders and five pick swaps, but they don't have one player to show for it. Not one. No. They have Dante Axum as the only guy on that roster who... Well, you would say that's a like a slam dunk in your book. Oh, yeah, totally. So, so all of a sudden you don't like him anymore. I was wrong about him. So I, hit, I have a lot of hits, I have a lot of misses. So that GM has to be just about the worst. Mm -hmm. in, and the other one that might be the worst is Gerson Rosas, who was the Rockets assistant GM under Daryl Moore. So Daryl Moore himself is good, but clearly all his successors are not. Daryl Moore, he, he like helps his successors. He'll be like, yeah, learn from me. But I'm not telling you everything because I want to be better than you. Well, they might be the worst two executives in basketball. So <laughs> Maybe he just tells people that are under him wrong information. The Mavs get J.J. Redick and Nikola Melli from, from the Pelicans for James Johnson, Wes Wundu, and a 2021 seconds. J.J. Redick, I anticipated getting bought out. I guess the Mavs said, screw it, we'll give you a – second round pick for him to get more shooting there with him and Melly. She's great. He'll be great there. JJ Reddick clearly wanted to go back to the East Coast so he could live back in Brooklyn and commute to wherever he went. So he preferred the Nets, the Knicks, or the Sixers. But now he's going to have to commute from Brooklyn to Dallas, it looks like. so. I don't see him vibing there. I mean, Dallas is like a city. It's not like the rest of Texas. But I don't know. That doesn't seem like his wine country bougie ass with like well clearly clearly the Mavs are missing Seth Curry badly they went from one of the best yeah. they went from with Steven Silas who's my boy I said Rockets are gonna hire him I before anyone did I don't think they should have done that trade for with Seth Curry well I think the thinking was okay we need a defender who's gonna be able to defend LeBron and Kawhi in 17 series same issue every other team in the West has and they figured maybe Josh Richardson could be that guy I don't think they should have done it well, hindsight is easier than foresight. Yeah, but even when it happened, we were like... Well, anyway. They went from under Steven Silas, who I said was going to be the Rockets coach way before it was even reported, 
and he became the Rockets coach. Steven Silas had the Mavs with a historically good offense. The Mavs now are a bottom three, three-point shooting team in the league based off percentage. So they needed a shooter bat. They missed that Seth Curry element. Yeah. So they got Nico Amelli and J.J. Redick, two guys who could shoot. And J.J. Redick, one of the best shooters in NBA history. Mm-hmm. So it improves the Mavs, but I still think they're distant. I don't think they're in that tier of the top six that we talked about earlier in this podcast. No, they're not there yet. It helps them a lot. The Clippers and the Hawks. The Clippers, we knew, so badly needed a playmaker. Yep. They needed a point guard. Patrick Beverly clearly isn't a point guard. He's a size of a point guard, but he's not a point guard. He's not a facilitator or distributor that they need. So what do they do? They get Rajon Rondo, Rondo for Lou Williams in two <laughs> seconds. Lou Williams, who's a better player than Rondo, in two seconds. They are banking so heavily on Rondo being playoff Rondo. Which we don't know if he is. He was last year when the Lakers won the championship. Mm-hmm. He was the year before that and every other playoffs before that. But this this is like Mike Muscala for Ivica Zubash bad. This might be the worst trade in NBA history. And while I thought Lawrence Frank won executive of the year last year for getting Kawhi and Paul George, he won executive of the year. Then after that, he... Signed Luke Kennard to a $56 million guaranteed deal. Marcus Morris to a $64 million guaranteed deal, which might have been the two worst trades or the two worst signings of the offseason. And then he pulled this shit, giving Lou Williams and two seconds for a significantly worse Rajon Rondo. I have no words because you've been talking about this nonstop. So, as I said, I want to do those rankings of top executives. How do I put... Where do I put the 2020 executive of the year who just signed Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris to two terrible contracts and then did this trade? I mean, the Clippers got worse and gave up two second rounders. I just I just cannot fathom that a trade like this was done. Meanwhile, Atlanta got a hell of a lot better. We saw Atlanta go forth this summer with signing Gallinari and Rondo and Bogdan Bogdanovich and Chris Dunn. We saw the Hawks go forward and spend all that cap space. The Hawks, their issue is, when Trey Young's off the floor, they cannot score. Mm-hmm. Now they have Lou Williams coming off that bench to play the minutes Trey Young isn't there to get buckets. So the Atlanta Hawks are suddenly a pretty dangerous 6th or 7th seed in the Eastern Conference. Yes. So. I just don't have much to comment That's another that. team I don't want to play in the first round. I mean, I'd rather play them than the Celtics or the Heat. But that team's deep, especially now with Lou Williams coming off the bench. I kind of want to play the Celtics in the first round because I feel like we need a little bit of redemption from the embarrassment of last year. And I think they suck. I still don't want to play them in this first <laughs> The Sixers get George Hill and Iggy Brasdikas. You're pumped. The Thunder get Tony Bradley, Austin Rivers, a 20-25 second and 20-26 seconds. And then the Knicks get Terrence Ferguson, Vince Poirier, and a 2021 seconds. So Sixers essentially had to give up three second rounders to get George Hill. And George Hill, not only did I have him to the Sixers in the mock trade deadline, I had him as the number two target behind Kyle Lowry. I said if we could get Kyle Lowry, at the least, at least get George Hill. And that's exactly what Daryl Morey did. Mm-hmm. So George Hill, the Sixers, needed 
a combo guard coming off the bench who can shoot, dribble, and defend multiple positions. George Hill checks all those boxes. George Hill and Danny Green are also best friends and have been wanting to play together ever since they played together for the Spurs. Didn't know that. So George Hill, I love it. Daryl Morey strikes again. Mm-hmm. He gave up three second rounders to get it done, but he got it done. Can we talk about briefly how Daryl Morey kept the guys on the team like Tony Bradley, Hoye, Terrence Ferguson, whatever, literally just to do this? Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams do that. I know, but I feel like we haven't seen the Sixers. You you needed guys to salary match. Yeah, I just feel like we haven't seen them do that, and just it's wonderful having someone who's competent make trades. I like Elton Brand, but like... He's competent, yes. but he didn't get Kyle Lowry. He did not. So let's talk about that before we get into the next final few trades. Because Kyle Lowry, every, he was the biggest name available. Everyone thought he was going to be traded, and he ultimately wasn't. And Sixers Twitter seems kind of pissed about this. Which I don't blame them. But at the same time, Masai Ujiri is probably the second best GM in the NBA behind Sam Presti of OKC. So Masai Ujiri, I'm shocked, didn't attract value of a restricted or an unrestricted free agent who's probably not going to resign there. So from what I understood is that they ended up not having any first-round picks on the table for Kyle Lowry. The Heat said we could sign him this summer if we want him, so we're not giving you a first. Yeah. The Lakers don't have a first to give because they gave all them in it for Anthony Davis. And the Sixers, I guess, Daryl Morey said – he said Miami is where he wants to be, even though we're his hometown team. We have no assurances that he's going to resign. I'm not giving you a first-round pick and Tyrese Maxey for a rental. And I think stepping back from the situation, like, the Sixers are still the number one seed. Like, I understand getting Kyle Lowry kind of was like, <laughs> you say this, but kind of be like a slam dunk in the finals. Like, we would be there. We definitely would be if we had him. But we're still the one seed. I think we would be. But the the Nets you can't sleep on. The Nets, Harden, Katie, and Kyrie have only played five games together, and they're still only a game and a half behind us. So imagine when all three of them are playing. We need all three of them not to play. Okay, so you say finals a slam dunk. It's clearly not if you're banking on them not playing. Okay, but how many games did Katie play this season? He's played in only about thirty five percent of the Nets games. So you're saying like, oh yeah, you're saying we need that and it's a slam dunk, but like looking at stats, he might not be playing. You could also say the same thing for MB. <laughs> George Hill, though, how much does he realistically help? I think he helps significantly. Yeah, I think so, too. So, I think George Hill is, like, six-man-of-the-year quality type good. That's at least what he was. Last year for Milwaukee, he led the league in three-point percentage coming off the bench, and he was a huge asset to them in the closing lineups. So, we needed a guy who could shoot. We needed a guy who could dribble. We needed a guy who could defend guards, and he checks Check every shot. single one of those boxes. Yep. So... Phenomenal job by Daryl Morey to get it done. He, as I said, was my number two target for the Sixers, and he got it done. And I do think that fans were a little disappointed because Daryl Morey kept saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do something big. Like, I have something big planned, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, for fans being pissed at him, he kind of did it to himself. But but I don't, I, think- I don't know. I'm just surprised Masai Ujiri didn't get any value for Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Lowry wants to go somewhere where he knows he could sign and trade him and get value for him that way. So you're saying before. That, I mean, that's the most logical thing I can think of, but 
I really don't know if they'll end up being a first-round pick. There was allegedly the Sixers were on the one-yard line of acquiring him for Danny Green, Mike Scott, and then Maxie in a first. But then there was a conflicting report that a first was never on the table. And Danny Green allegedly, Mark Stein of the New York Times tweeted, saying Danny Green might be going to Golden State as a third team in a Lowry deal. So both those came out. And then all of a sudden, Golden State, I hope whoever's okay, because that ambulance is really fucking up the podcast. Oh my God. So anyway. We're outside. Dan- yeah, Alexa thought this was a good fucking idea. Danny Green <laughs> was supposed to go to Golden State. And Toronto cleared two roster spots by trading yes. Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis. And then Golden State traded Brad Wanamaker. So everyone said, okay, Golden State opened up one okay. roster spot. Toronto opened up two roster spots. It was 305. The Woj tweeted the Miami Heat are getting Victor Oladipo. Everyone said, okay, cool, Heat are out of it. It's happening. Like, Raptors cleared two roster spots for a 3 one trade. Golden State cleared a roster spot for Danny Green. Which doesn't matter Golden State cleared a roster spot for Danny Green because they still had a salary match. They didn't have a trade exception. But anyway, everyone said, okay, this is aligning. Every single thing is aligning up for Kyle Lowry to come to the Sixers. And then Woj tweeted, Kyle Lowry staying in Toronto. All I know is I looked at my phone yesterday. I see a text from you. One of the last texts I saw before the trade deadline ended. And it said from you, we're on the one yard line for Kyle Lowry. And the next thing I know, you have blown up with like a million texts and we don't have him. Well, they said it was reported after we got to a show that Sixers are out of the Kyle Lowry running. And I was texting people saying they're not out of it. I don't care what that report says. They're still in this. And it came out that the Sixers did get the closest out of the three teams. Mm-hmm. The, from the heat, they didn't want Duncan Robinson. They wanted Tyler Hero, who the Heat understandably wouldn't include. Yeah. And the Lakers, they said, give us Taylor Horton Tucker, who's going to be a restricted free agent. So the Lakers might not be able to keep him, given the luxury tax concerns. He might get four years, $32 million a summer. So I have no clue why the Lakers didn't include Taylor Horton Tucker no. to have Kyle Lowry, LeBron, and AD. I, and Kyle Lowry keeps them float while both those guys are out. So what that leads me to believe is, do the Lakers think these injuries are more serious than they're just saying it's four to six weeks when they both know both of them might be done for the year? Maybe. Because why wouldn't they go for Kyle Lowry to win another championship when all it cost was THT? That's what it might be. I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. And I don't know why they wanted a first and Maxi and Matisse Tomas, but from Lakers all they wanted was Taylor Horton Tucker, and that's because all they had to no do. Because no one likes us. Also, can I just, like, chime in? What? Mike Scott's stole Sixer. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. They need this big who can shoot. So. Like, Mike Scott was tweeting last year, like, that he loved being a Sixer. He loves our fans. Do you remember when he was tweeting stuff like yeah. that, basically saying, like, I loved it here? <laughs> He's still on the team. That's so funny. So what I anticipate Kyle Lowry doing is, I don't think it's going to work out for Oladipo in Miami. I just think they say, okay, we got you for nothing. Let him play his final 30 games plus playoffs there. Let him walk and sound Kyle Lowry instead. And yeah. then Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are teammates, just like they wanted to be for years. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to talk much about this. Three-team trade. Hornets get Brad Wanamaker, back a point guard to replace Lamelo, who's hurts. Warriors get cash. Spurs get Marquise Chris and cash. Boring. Gets Warriors under luxury. Or not under the luxury tax, but takes, saves the Warriors money with the luxury tax. Boring. Chicago Bulls hit a grand slam. They get Daniel Tice, Troy Brown Jr. Celtics get Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner, 
Wizards get Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. So the Bulls get Daniel Tice, who now might be the best backup center in the league, to back up Busevich. And they get Troy Brown Jr. essentially for free. I like Troy Brown Jr. a lot. I still think he has a lot of potential from mm-hmm. the Wizards. Yeah, so I agree. The Bulls just hired Mark Eversley, who was Elden Drain's assistant GM last year. And they hired, um, I don't know his last name, Arturis something, who was uh, executive for the Nuggets as a president of basketball ops. So that's another new front office. And they hit a home run this trade deadline. They did a great job. They got Tice for nothing. They got Troy Brown for nothing. And they got Vucevic, who they did give up. And the Bulls have but... been, like, not great. I mean, they're 19-23. and 23. Now they're adding Vucevic. Well, I'm not saying this year. I'm saying previously. Like, they really did a great job adding people to that team. Yeah, they traded Jimmy Butler when they saw their team wasn't going in a mm-hmm. good direction. Yeah. Traded him. And they got Zach Levine. They got Chris Dunn, who obviously didn't work out, and yeah. they got a pick to take Larry Markin in with. Yeah, I like that. So they basically turned Jimmy Butler into Zach Levine, and then maybe four years Larry Markin in, assuming they don't resign really him. If they got Lonzo Ball, too, that would have been a complete Oh, my God, run. yes. Lonzo Ball, they're going to have to pay $20 million, too. And then the last trade of the day that we didn't talk about yet is, well, the Raptors killed the two roster spots. They traded Matt Thomas to the Jazz, Terrence Davis to the Kings, and got two 2021 seconds that are both decent. 2021 second from Memphis mm-hmm. and 2021 second from Golden State, who are both currently in the playing tournaments as the 9 and 10 seeds in the West. Mm-hmm. So those might be both around pick 44, 45. Terrence Davis, meanwhile, I think was a great buy low for the Kings. He was all rookie second team last year. And Matt Thomas is a great shooter for Utah, who... They already said they'll keep him next year on a guaranteeing his contract. So the Raptors figured, okay, we're getting get of two decent bench guys, but we're getting two decent second round picks for them. And if a Kyle Lowry trade materialized, cool, now we have the roster spots for it. Yeah. It didn't materialize. But this helps the Raptors a little bit with retooling, building around Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet. And going forward, I mean Maybe they get something for Kyle Lowry in the sign and trade as well. Not for Miami or the Knicks or a team like that with cap space. Let's see. Teams with cap space next year. The Knicks and Spurs both have over 50 mil. Wow. OKC is 46 mil. They're not going to – they'll take flyers on young guys, but they're not yeah. going to really spend. The Mavs have 34 mil. The Heat have 27 mil. <coughs> Jesus. The Hornets have 23 mil. Raptors have 22 mil. And Rockets have 14 mil. So all these teams were anticipating a huge 2021 free agency. All those guys end up signing extensions, and that's not going to come to fruition. So now the only thing left is the buyout market. Mm-hmm. The NBA goal said neither Andre Drummond or LaMarcus Aldridge would be able to get traded because of their contracts. Where do we think they end up? There's a lot of speculation. Andre Drummond's going to the Lakers, and LaMarcus Aldridge is going to the Heat. Those are the favorites for both of them. Do you have any insight on what you <laughs> I think? thought you were going to talk. I believe, I believe Drummond will go to the Lakers. I think Drummond might end up with the Celtics just because they have a significantly larger role for him than the Lakers do. Which I hope he goes to the Lakers because that just takes minutes away from Marcus All Montes Howell. But, who are both better than Andre Drummond. But it would be up to him. It's up to him. What do you mean? Okay. No, I'm just yeah. asking. I want to make sure. Um, sorry, we're not all GMs here, Steven. No, I think he goes to the Lakers because they are the Lakers. I understand the Celtics would have a bigger role for him, but as I've previously said, I feel like the Celtics is 
where players go to die and they're not doing well this year. I just, I think if you have the opportunity to play for the Lakers, even if your role's not as big, I would go to the Lakers if I were him. And then meanwhile, Lamarcus Aldridge in his last free agency before we re-signed with the Spurs, he took a meeting with the Heat. And same thing that happened with Jimmy Butler, same thing happens with everybody meets with the Heat. They love Pat Riley, they love the Heat culture, they love the system they have in place, and it makes you want to go there. Lamarcus Aldridge said, thanks for no thanks, I'm going to stick in San Antonio, which is another great system. But now he remembered that from four years ago and said, okay, now I'm ready to go to Miami to compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. So if they get Lamarcus Aldridge too, I'm assuming he's going to start alongside Bam Adebayo. Yeah. But, could Aldridge go to the Celtics? He could, but it doesn't seem like he has much interest too. I don't blame him. I don't like him either. So... Meanwhile, the best big in the buyout market, I think, is Gorgie Dang. Gorgie, oh my god, you've been talking about him so much. Because he got bought out yesterday, and he'd be a great third center for the Sixers. Guys, I need someone to just, like, come in our apartment for a day and, like, just take a shot every time Steven says Gorgie Dang. Gorgie Dang is shooting 48% from three this year. <laughs> this is, like, the 10th time he's told me this. On two attempts per game. Yes. He defends the rim well. Mm-hmm. He's pretty mobile. He shoots threes. I just think behind Embiid and Dwight Howard, he adds another element of a shooting big, which now Sixers don't even have an open roster spot because they gave it to B-Ball Paul and signed Mason Jones to a two-way. Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe, by the way, played college ball together, so they're friends. You're also so pumped with B-Ball Paul. I didn't think highly of him. Well, I said he was a first-round pick. You said he wasn't, and on that you were right. He ended up going 58. But I said this dude's an NBA player, and – Joey's still out. He won G League MVP. I think he's going to be really good. He held his own when he played against the Lakers. That was when he played. Yeah, because yeah. Dwight Howard. Because <laughs> Dwight Howard got ejected the well, night he got his ring. Oh, no, that was the. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was the Lakers. No, but he. He got ejected in the first quarter with Montrose Harrell. Oh, yeah, Lakers. I'm thinking. I, sorry, Brain Fart. I was thinking Montrose Harrell was on the Clippers. Clippers are like, tonight. Now. Yeah. Clippers are tonight. That's going to be a battle. Yeah, can you believe Dwight Howard got ejected for getting shoved? First player to ever get ejected the same night you see the championship ring. I adore Dwight Howard, but I am so scared if we get to the finals that, like, he's just going to screw That's up. why we need Gorgie Dang. I'm so scared. So the question is, if Sixers could realistically get somebody on the buyout market, then Iggy Bezdikas is probably our man out. They just the – yeah. the Knicks said, fine, we'll take Poirier and we'll take Towns Ferguson to cut both of them, but you got to take Iggy Bezdikas from us. That's what it was. Yeah. So they could do that. So if there's I a guy think- in the buyout market that they think is worth acquiring, that's how they would make their roster spots. But, do you think they'll do it? I'm just trying to think. what After the Heat get Aldridge and the Lakers or Celtics get Drummond, what other teams need big man? I imagine Hassan Whiteside is going to get bought out still. He doesn't play for Sacramento. I just, there's, I just don't see another team that he fits better. Um... Denver now has JaVale. Warriors? Warriors are the 10 seed I right know, now. I know, I know. Like, they just, they traded Marquise Chris and Brad Wanamaker to get close under the luxury tax. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go no. dip back more into the tax, too. Milwaukee has PJ. Milwaukee needs a point guard. They need, like, a Jeff Teague. They don't need a center. No, Brooklyn. Like Spurs, but. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, DeAndre Jones disaster. Nick Claxton has been phenomenal for them. Yeah, so. it's going to be Brooklyn. 
or the Hornets. The Hornets are the four seed right now in the East, and they have Cody Zeller and Biombo. So it could be the Hornets still. Other than that, I don't know if six was interested. Hey, we're the one seed. We're competing for a championship. Teams like the Hornets aren't. Exactly. So it might come down to the Nets, and it might come down to the it's Sixers. Be, that's, the you know that's what it's going to come down to. Okay, so since Alexa wants me to talk about it, let's talk about the NBA goal success. I said months before it was even mentioned by any reporter anywhere that the Rockets were going to hire Steven Silas as their head coach. There was Vegas odds with 30 or 40 different coaching names on who the Rockets were going to hire. None of them said Steven Silas. The NBA goal said they are hiring Steven Silas to be their coach. Alas, what did they do? They hired Steven Silas. The mock trade deadline, I said, obviously I got majority of it wrong. I'll admit that. Doing a mock trade deadline is extremely difficult to do with how when those 23 buyers and seven sellers. It's nearly impossible. I hit George Hill to the Sixers. I hit Oladipo to the Heat. I hit Drummond and Aldridge getting balled out and not being traded. But what I really want to pride myself on is hitting the March Madness preview that you guys listen to. I said... Between Oral Roberts and Cleveland State, both 15 seeds, one of them are guaranteed to win. And I said, I lean towards Oral Roberts beating Ohio State. Only eight 15 seeds have ever won. And Oral Roberts pulled it off, became the ninth 15 seed to ever win. And now they're in the Sweet 16 going for the Elite Eight tonight. Additionally, I said Ohio, who was a 13 seed, was an absolute lock against UVA, the defending champions. Both of those I hit spot on. I even tweeted um, during the trade deadline, they said Aaron Gordon goes to Denver. They didn't give a package, Woj or Shames, nothing. It just said Aaron Gordon to Denver. I tweeted, I quote tweeted it saying, it's going to be Gary Harris, Arjun Hampton in the first. Two minutes later, it came out and said, Denver's trading Gary Harris, Arjun Hampton in the first. If anyone's wondering who this source is from Woj, it's Steven. Yeah, Woj is my dad. So, And then someone <laughs> someone retweeted me saying, this guy can predict the future. So thank you to that anonymous Twitter fan who <laughs> real recognizes real. And this is Steven's resume for why he should work in the NBA. With that, this concludes this episode of the NBA Eagle Podcast. Kyle Lowry, if you're listening, we wish you were here. We hope somehow we, Danny Green wants to go back to Toronto this year or next year so we can sign and trade for you. Um, we will talk to you next episode. Rate and review me and the NBA goal on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore NBA goal. Follow Alexa at Alexa Kaiser yeah. on Twitter. She's a Sixers Twitter. If you want to see the Sixers record based off what our dog wears each game, feel free to look. You can also follow Ella at, at Ella, the Shishan. On Instagram, not Twitter. <laughs> this concludes this episode of the NBA Eagle Podcast, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next episode. Bye.